0: Learn more at marines.com. The
1: Unofficial Bengals Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode is going to be a review of the Steelers game and a preview of the Texans game. Tom McLeavy is going to stop in for another McLeavy minute. And Sands is going to come by with his opinions on the Bengals' win against the Steelers. We're also going to have some commentary from Alex Finelli on the Bengals-Steelers game as well.
1: The unofficial Bengals podcast is brought to you by the Zedia Network. Week 15 Review Cincinnati Bengals 27 Pittsburgh Steelers 17
2: What a great Christmas gift from the Cincinnati Bengals to go out on Monday Night Football and whoop the Steelers. I was worried coming into this game with Finley starting and the Steelers always seeming to have our number. I just wasn't thinking that this could be a game that we could win. And we just came out so physical and so tough and so jacked up and so ready to play that game. I kind of wish we had played like that the whole year. It would be a much different story. And Von Bell, I just want to say thank you. As a Bengal fan, I know we've all been looking to pay back Juju after that cheap shot on Vontaze and standing over him and mocking him. And he's been arrogant. You know, the dancing on people's logos. The last game that they beat us, him and Ebron were on the sideline doing some twerking kind of dance. Just really rubbing it in. So you know what? He got paid back. You know, you want to act like that. You want to be uncool. Someone like Von Bell is going to give you a little something to take home with you. Embarrassed on national TV. And as a Bengal fan, it's so nice to see the Steelers pouting on the sidelines. And they do. You saw Tomlin's face the whole time. Ben... And then Juju, you know, pouting. Claypool was trying to start a fight with Lawson. You know, Lawson made a big play on him and, you know, just kind of stepped over him to celebrate. Didn't do anything on purpose. And there was Claypool wanting to fight him. I just love it. I'll be honest with you. I just love when the Steelers get embarrassed and lit up. And at the hands of the Bengals, there is no better Christmas gift I could have gotten this year. I love the uniforms that we had, the orange with the black pants. I hope we do that look more often. Very, very cool look. It just matched the intensity that we brought to that whole game. And of course, the first thing they show on TV when the broadcast starts is all the Steeler fans in the audience. And if you remember from last podcast, I was saying, I hope they don't fill up the stadium and, you know, we hear the Steeler fans cheering the whole time. Nah, you just saw them all sulking. It was a great sight to see. You know, you want to come into our stadium and have a big party at our expense? Not this time. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the game flow and the coaching. The one thing I didn't like is that we deferred when we got the opening kickoff. And it it worked out in our favor because our defense was playing so well, we were able to shut them down. But I didn't see that coming. You know, when you're playing a team that's better on paper or, you know, has a much better record than you, I don't like giving them the ball first because that's how a game backslides on you. You know, they get the ball first, they score... But either way, it worked out in our favor for this game, and I want to commend Coach Taylor on a great offensive plan. He went in there not saying, hey, Ryan Finley's going to throw the ball 30 times, and we're going to try to move the ball in Pittsburgh that way, because that wouldn't have worked. We ran the first six plays in a row. Every run that was happening, I was just loving it. I was like, this is the way to do it. You know, we have our concerns about Finley. We have our concerns about the line protecting him. Didn't even give them a chance. Those fears were not even realized because we just ran and ran and ran and ran. It was the first six plays we ran on. It was nine out of the first 12 plays that we ran on. Finley had 13 passing attempts. That's really a creative way to approach this game, and it worked. And Finley executed it. You know, they're all over our wide receivers. They're keying on Geo, but they weren't thinking about Finley lighting them up. And then our defense just out-hustled and out physical them, like I said at the top of the show. They were hungry, they were hard-hitting, the secondary and the coverage was outstanding. We weren't giving up much in the run game. Ebron leaves the game, Watt left the game. It was kind of a fluke on that first special teams play, but it kind of set the tone. You know, the Steelers were getting hurt a bunch in this game. It just, everything was in our favor. It just seemed like we were the superior team. We didn't let up points before the half, which is another key to winning. So happy about that. Although, you know, they came out in the second half and they scored on their first two drives. And I was like, oh, here we go. You know, another game where we jumped out on, on the favorite, you know, beat them up a little bit. And then the rest of the game, you watch them just come back and put you to slow death. And that did not happen this game. I always like to analyze our first possession of the second half. And again, it was a little flat. But it didn't hurt us because we came back to win the game. You know, we woke up after those first two drives. We went three and out and three and out. And then the floodgates opened. Finley had that big scramble. Rest is history. So to quickly go over the good and the bad from the game, the good, Geo was outstanding. You know that one 14-yard pass play that he scored on? That was like vintage Geo, just cutting through traffic, you know, right in the middle of the field. Ends up scoring, big play. He had the rushing touchdown a little earlier, which was very similar. You know, just weaving through traffic, a real congested area, ended up in the end zone. So excellent game out of him. P. Ryan ran hard, as always. That interior of the offensive line had another good game. Hopkins, Spain, Suofilo. They did a good job on Hayward and Tuit. They opened up some lanes for the running game. So a very good game on the interior of the line. And I owe Ryan Finley an apology. You know, I was saying start Hogan. I was just down on Finley because of his three games last year. And then when he came in in the Washington game, I just didn't think that he had what it takes to win games in the NFL. And what does he do? He beats our biggest rival. So I'm sorry for not believing in you more, Ryan. He showed toughness. He took some nasty hits. He took some illegal hits. He took charge. Like, even the way he commanded the huddle and the pre-snap cadence, everything. He just looked like he was in control of the game and the team, and that was really good to see. Had a bunch of great running plays. You know, he, he did that zone read. Fakes it to Geo, decides, nah, it's better if I just pull this ball back and go, and off he goes for this 23-yard touchdown right down the middle of the field against the Steelers defense. That on top of the other design runs. And, you know, he just had a very good game running the ball. That's not totally sustainable. You know, if you don't have the skills of like a Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson, you can't be running the ball that much with your quarterback. It will eventually come back to bite you. But we survived this game, and it totally worked. And it was a great plan, and Finley executed it perfectly. And the only bad offensively, truthfully, I think Fred Johnson had a little bit of a weak game. Aside from that, I think everyone brought their A game and played well defensively MVP of the game for us Darius Phillips great game breaking up passes he had the two near misses on interceptions he was just very active it was great to see him in there starting because we had some deficiencies at that position leading up to that while he was out and he came in he held down that side of the field and William Jackson held down the other side again he had the dropped interception but he had a very good game too Jesse Bates obviously continues to play well. Von Bell had one of the most memorable hits that we'll ever see in Bengal history. I saw online, they were, they were making, like, T-shirts of the hit. It was just such a great moment. I can't tell you how happy I am that that happened. And my main man, Mackenzie Alexander, all over the field this game. He has been such an addition. The tackling, the big interception. He's talking a lot of smack out there. Like, he's ready to fight anybody, anytime on the field. And, you know, I don't want to see him cross the line... So we have to clean that up a little bit. But the intensity that he came out with, don't change that, McKenzie. What a game out of you. And that interception was game-changing. Bynes had a good game. He was very active. He had the fumble recovery, had some pressures. He was in the backfield a few times. Lawson was beating villain the wave of the whole game which they highlighted on on the TV broadcast as well. It was really good to see. And again, he blew up Claypool on that one play when Claypool got so mad. And it's like, you know what, you're a rookie. Settle down a little bit. Don't act like you own the league just because you had, you know, a couple big touchdown games. The D-line played hard. You know, in, in addition to Hubbard and Lawson, the interior, Hunt had a good game. He keeps making big plays out there. Daniels continues to play well. You know, the whole cast of guys... And then the bad defensively, it was just the dropped interceptions. There was three of them. And that's been a little bit of a trend this year. You know, hopefully that gets cleaned up in future playoff runs. But I really can't think of too much bad that happened on either side of the ball or special teams in this game. A win for the ages. We paid back the people that were uncool to us previously. It could not have been a more fun Monday night watching this game.
1: Observations with Alex Finelli. Frank, 7 of 13, 89 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, and a Monday night victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Frank Ryan Finley is back. Burrow, better get back quick. Siebert, 34 yarder, good. Siebert, 55 yarder, no good. Giovanni Bernard, is still scoring touchdowns remember that run against the dolphins that was in 2013 pro Bowl ballots came out yesterday but Mackenzie alexander is making a strong case for a late addition and where the hell is jesse bates the third juju got his bell rung geo scored again remember that 94 yarder that was in 2014 what's the secret must be the stash and mixin better get back quick 17-0 at the half. Seen this before. Pittsburgh, 10 unanswered. Seen this before. Finley, 23-yard touchdown run. Flying Ryan, the backup, wearing number five, leading his team to a primetime win against the bleeping Steelers. And this time, no Jeremy Hill to bleep it up. Ryan Winley, win win And those are the Monday Night Observations. Week 16 Preview, Cincinnati Bengals at Houston Texans.
2: Okay, first play of the game. We come out, two tight ends, two wides, Geo in the backfield. We see which side J.J. Watt is lining up on, and we send the tight end into motion on his side. And then what we do, we run the ball the other way, either behind Spain or Suafilo. You go right at that weak defensive line. You avoid J.J. Watt. Nice big gain on first down. Second down, same thing. Just a small variation in the play. You run behind the interior of our offensive line. And on both plays, let that play clock run all the way down. Let's just take up a whole bunch of time, grind it out, run the ball, put ourselves in third and short, or maybe even get a first down on that second play. Then when you hit your first third down and long, or when you need a pass play, I say we pull out that same thing I suggested last week. You have green on the outside, Higgins in the slot. You send Green on a slant to the inside, and you send Higgins on a little corner route over top. One of them's going to be open. I almost suspect Higgins on the outside would be the better bet there. Hello, Texans. It's going to be a long day. All right, so let's go over some headlines for this week. Jesse Bates snubbed for the Pro Bowl. Are you kidding me? The Pro Bowl is a joke. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to get on the league, but I had the chance to go to a Pro Bowl a couple years back. I was in Florida. And someone offered me free tickets, and I was like, nah, I'm good. And now I feel double like that. I mean, I know there's no game this year, but how do they they snub Jesse Bates with the season that he's having? Really, really unfair. I know Jesse's probably hurt by it, and we're mad as Bengal fans, but what it really does is expose the Pro Bowl that it is a popularity contest, and it really doesn't mean anything. Maybe they'll wise up and make him an All-Pro, which he should be this season, and then who cares about the Pro Bowl? All-Pro is way more of an honor. Brandon Allen's been practicing all week, so it looks like he's going to be coming back to start, so that's good. You know, Finley did well as a pinch hitter in his absence. Now Allen's going to come back. We get a little more of that passing game going. Tyler Boyd with the concussion. That was a nasty fall. I I saw it. You know, he jumped up, and then the back of his head just swung down and hit the turf. That does not feel good. So sit him this week. I I know you want to get him 1,000 yards. He's got 840. He needs 160 more to get it. Don't rush him back this week. Like I told you, those concussions, they're so touchy. They could be so life-altering in the future. He's a great guy and a great player with a great future. Just sit him out. Don't chase these milestones at someone's expense, you know, at the expense of his health. Logan Wilson is going to be out this week. And, you know, that foot injury is probably a little worse than we expect. So I wouldn't mind seeing them shut him down. He had a pretty good rookie year. I have a lot of hope for him in the future. So, you know, let's make sure he totally heals up. Again, with all these injured guys, don't rush him back right now. Mixon, just keep them all out. Get them ready for next year because we're going to be much more of a force next year. A win is something that I want this week. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be fun to see a win. I think we have a very good chance of winning right now. We have some momentum. That Texans team is not a good team right now. They don't have a lot of weapons. They're low-ranked in offense and defense. They fired their coach early on. I mean, C- Romeo Cornell is a great coach, but, you know, they're a little bit in disarray. J.J. Watt's getting older. This is a very winnable game. But a win kind of hurts us here. You know, we're at that 3-10 and 10 mark. There's a bunch of teams at 4-10. and 10. We, If we win and a few teams lose, we could really be out of the Sewell chase. You know, you have the Texans, Falcons, and Panthers all right there. If we beat the Texans and the Falcons and Panthers lose, you know, now we're looking at the sixth pick in the draft still you can get a very good player there but maybe not the generational offensive lineman that we need so kind of mixed emotions about this game i guess that we can't lose either way right if we win we get a bengal's win we're happy we get some momentum going if we lose we're one step closer to getting pennacule okay so what are my concerns for this game well when we're on offense you know jj watt although he's getting older he's still number 6 ranked in pro football focus very dangerous player you know he can make those key strip sacks or big plays that really hurt you and and can turn the course of the game they have a decent secondary although they're banged up Lonnie Johnson's playing well some decent corners so there's always something to worry about there especially if Boyd isn't isn't playing you know we're down a wide receiver we're actually down two when you think about Auden Tate not being around and Zach Cunningham is playing very well at linebacker for them as well as Tyrell Adams so you have two guys there to worry about when we're on offense when we're on defense, obviously the main thing is to Deshaun Watson. He can hurt you with his legs. He can hurt you with his arms. You think you have him sacked and he, you know, finds his way out of it and hits a receiver deep downfield. And that's a worry on this game because they don't have, you know, they're pretty thin at wide receiver, but they have a couple guys that are deep threats like Brandon Cooks and Kiki Kuti. So you have to watch if Watson gets away from us, those guys get open downfield and he launches one deep. So that's a big concern defensively. David Johnson, you know, it's tough to tell. He has good games and bad games, but still something that you have to account for. They're going to be giving him the ball a lot, so we're definitely going to be keying on him. And then Fells and Aikens, you know, two decent tight ends. Watson's going to work them into the mix, like I said, with him being down wide receivers. So I always like to see us have the fast linebackers in there just as much as the thumpers. So this could be an Akeem Davis-Gaither game as well. I know that we have a great special teams unit, but the Texans are ranked number one in special teams, so this isn't going to be an easy game to win that way. You know, a lot of times we can jump on teams with field position or some amazing Brandon Wilson return. This might not be the game for those things. So what would I do? How would I approach this game if I was the coaching staff of the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, the Texans are ranked 28th in overall team defense, so there's a lot of yards out there to be had this game. I would run it at that defensive front, they don't have that strong of a unit up there except for JJ. Keep Geo rolling. He just came off a great game. You know, mix in Pirine, mixing in Travion Williams. Again, I'd like to see Jock Patrick in there. You never know. But I'd like to see us continue with some of the things that were working last game, like running the ball in the interior of the offensive line. The zone read game with the quarterback. You know, give them a little dose of their own medicine. Watson does that to perfection. We had a good game with it last week. Let's continue some of those things that were working keep them off balance whether it's Allen or Finley they both run pretty well open it up with Higgins and Green get them involved early and often time of possession as I said just let that play clock go to almost 40 seconds on every play let's keep the ball away from Deshaun Watson and go back to four down football what I was saying last week when you have three wins on the year this late who cares anywhere anywhere from the 40 on your 40 on play four down football so it opens up the playbook so much more. It makes you so much less predictable. And trick plays. This is another game to throw out some trick plays. You know, do a flea flicker, the unbalanced offensive line, some crazy formations, some of the stuff that I was saying last week against Pittsburgh. All right, what do you do defensively? You have to spy Watson. I mean, you keep someone on him at all times, whether it's Sean Williams, Brandon Wilson. I mean, Brandon Wilson's my favorite bet for spying fast quarterbacks. So that's what I'm going to recommend to Coach Rumo for this week. Their offensive line is very suspect, so some stunts, some blitzes, get Von Bell involved in the box and in the backfield. You know, this is a game we can take advantage of that offensive line and, you know, hopefully contain Watson, but keep contain on the outside. You know, you get a little too greedy, a little too hungry, and you cut your angle as a defensive end, this guy can go right around you and he can run it for 30, 40 yards if you're not careful. Watch the deep ball with Cooks and Kutteh especially if Watson's scrambling around. These guys have the ability to get open. They're very good deep threats. That's Brandon Cook's strength, actually, is running the deep ball. And we have the corners to cover him. Phillips played great last game. He's very fast. William Jackson's playing lights out right now. McKenzie, all of them. So I'm not really worried about them beating us with their wide receivers. You know, especially they have Fuller suspended, Cobb out for the year, so they don't have all their weapons there at wide receivers. So this should be a game that our secondary is able to lock down their receivers. Duke Johnson's not playing. I think he has a neck injury. So just make sure you're keeping David Johnson honest. You know, watch those tight ends. They're not totally going to light you up, but just be smart about that. And that's the key. Prediction for the game? I don't know. I think think we're going to end up holding the Texans to not scoring a lot of points. And if we continue on the offensive path that we had against the Steelers and do a lot of the same things and have the same success, this could be a good win for us.
1: McLeavy minute.
2: All right, we're here with Tom McLeavy. Tom, how are you today?
0: Good Frank, how you doing, pal?
2: All right, my friend, I'm doing real good after that game on Monday night. So Yeah. What what are your thoughts on the Steelers game?
0: Well, it's a yeah, of course, you know, winning a game's always positive. You know, on top of that, the Steelers game, I mean, if anybody predicted the Bengals were going to win this game, I mean, you had a be either a true, true die-hard fan or just simply uh, nuts. But, you know, as we went through with the Marvin Lewis down years, you know, they would always come up with an end-of-the-season win. And, you know, that would give Mike Brown the opportunity not to rock the boat. The thing on Twitter is, you know, that to save Zach Taylor's job. I think it did because, you know, Mike Brown's not going to have to pay another coach. So he's, you know, going to come out with the old, you know, they didn't quit. They didn't, they came out against a division rival and they, you know, really won. I'm looking at this game as the downfall of Ben Roethlisberger. I think... This is going to be his decline. He can't throw the ball downfield. He can't dance and get away from, you know, sacks like he used to. I just think Pittsburgh's not a good team. You know, the thing I'm taking away from the game, so the, the Bengals took offense to somebody dancing on their logo. So they went out and had to make a point. Not that they got their asses kicked all these other weeks and embarrassed by the Cowboys, took a guy dancing on your logo to get him fired up. I mean, that that just says it all for this coaching staff. Now Mike Brown's not going to make changes. I'm sure he's going to tell Zach Taylor, you know, you got to make some coaching changes. But, you know, Zach Taylor looks like he's not going to go anywhere. So this is going to be another year of delay to getting this team forward. You know, yes, it was great to see him play good, but nobody saw this coming. So that's why I'm taking this more towards how bad Pittsburgh is to how good Cincinnati, you know, was. Yeah, of course, it was a great win, but now we have to go through another year of of losing, I think, to to get this uh, ship sailing in the proper direction.
2: Wow, Tom, strong points. So what do you feel about these last two games? Do you want to see some signature wins, or do you want to see us lose out so we can get that number three pick?
0: For me, I if Joe Burrow was in there, of course you'd want to see wins, take steps forward. But, you know, this team's a shell of itself. With the injuries, without Joe Burrow, of, of course – they have plenty of needs, so the draft spot isn't as significant, but that third pick to get that offensive lineman, hopefully. I mean, that would sure up the left side of that uh, offensive line. But we're fans, though, Frank, so it's always good to see the Bengals win. But for me, it, it win or lose, of course, now it's more of player development. It's good to see T Higgins member. Maybe step forward and maybe have a hundred-yard game, but you know, other than that, I wins or losses, I I don't see a big a big difference in, in in uh in that outcome of the game.
2: Tom, it was great talking to you, my friend.
0: You too, pal.
1: AFC North standings.
2: All right, the Bengals are currently 3-10-1 and in 4th place in the AFC North. You have the Steelers at 11-3, and the Browns at 10-4, and and the Ravens at 9-5. and The Bengals are currently the 14th seed in the AFC, and if the season ended right now, we would have that third pick that we're all coveting.
1: X's and O's with Sands.
2: All right, we're here with Sands. Sands, how are you today?
3: I'm doing great how are you doing Frank?
2: I'm doing all right my friend especially after that game against the Steelers on Monday night what are your thoughts on the game?
3: It was a really well called game from both Zach and Lou uh, specifically on offense we didn't move the ball as well as the point total would make it seem we didn't really turn the ball over though and the cool wrinkle we added in were all these different quarterback runs quarterback keepers Every single one except one of them was a zone read. The other one was a counter read because it's not a zone read if a guard's going to pool because that's not zone blocking anymore. The guard pools and he's going to trap and man on the end. That play didn't go for much anyway. The big touchdown came off of a regular zone read. Red uh, Alex Highsmith and Ryan Finley was off the edge for a touchdown. Otherwise, on offense... A lot of the same stuff, uh, but with Ryan Finley. I do want to give him a shout-out because he took a massive hit, but he delivered that ball on the clutch third down. I mean, he put his body on the line for this win. You love to see it. It might seem like our offensive line held up in pass protection, and I mean, it's kind of true, but at the same time, we threw the ball like 15 times, and we still gave up probably five pressures. It's about a 33% clip. That's not really good. That's, uh, but it didn't seem that bad because we were hardly throwing the ball. We were ball control, managed the offense. And then on defense, really, we kind of ran the same stuff that Lou wants to run. I didn't see too many weird stunts, too many weird fronts, anything like that. We played cover three, cover one a lot of the time. Some cover two, some quarters, but mostly cover one, cover three with uh, Bates back and Von Bell Inside, I will talk about. If you go to my Twitter, I broke this down. But the play that ended Juju's TikTok career, they ran. It was third and seven, and one. I think Ben Roethlisberger left him out to dry. He threw a hospital ball on on, for one yard on third and seven. There was no chance I was going to go for a first down. But on the snap, he's the outside man in a bunched up three by one. He does like a one yard drag across the field. And we ran a cover one lurk, which means a strong safety. You come out in a too high look, and then you roll at the snap. The strong safety rolls down to the short intermediate area of the field. That's Von Bell. Jesse Bates went back deep. Ben throws the ball to Juju, and before he even threw that, Von Bell is just on a beeline for him. I don't think he had anything to do with the dancing or anything like that. I think he makes this play no matter what. It's just a play he would make. This is something he excels at, and it was a good good call by Lou, really, to put him in this situation. But he makes a beeline for Juju and just destroys him. I loved watching that. I've watched that play about 100 times. It was cool to see, and it's really just one of our normal play calls. It was just very well executed, and I think that's really the story of the defense for that game was we executed everything well and also got the worst game I've ever seen Ben Roethlisberger have as a professional quarterback I mean he was missing guys he pump faked an RPO and got an ineligible man downfield call because he took too long missing reads he threw a pick to Mackenzie Alexander who just spot dropped in a cover too that's something he's he's seen that I don't know 10,000 times and he threw the interception there he was missing guys especially that last pass in the game he missed him high and did the whole game but we just really we just executed really well Carl Lawson had his best game I've ever seen him have, I think, against Alejandro Villanueva. He set everything up with his speed rush. He doesn't even have – that's not even his best move, but that's what he's setting everything up with. He sets up with his speed rush because he's so fast off the ball that the offensive tackle has to try to keep up. So he's kick-sliding out and trying to keep up. The one thing that you want to do as an offensive lineman against powerful guys is to sit down and anchor. You can't do that when you're trying to keep out on the speed rush. And this is what people call speed to power. And Carl hit him with it so many times. He took advantage of Villanueva trying his hardest to set out so that Carl couldn't beat him outside. He hit him with speed to power a few times. There was one play, so he speed rushed out, gets him to commit to the speed, and then he comes inside with that long one arm and just picked him up, basically, and threw him, and he threw him into Ben Roethlisberger. It was like right after the ball is thrown, so it wasn't a sack, but it was a quarterback hit. He threw them both. That was like a two-for-one special with that. And was not a bad tackle. He's not great, but he's not a bad tackle. So this is really impressive stuff. Another one he set up, speed rush, got him to commit to that, and then he just clubbed him with his inside arm, just pushed him, kept him moving outside, and he went inside. I believe that was the sack he had, but he probably beat Villanueva clean about nine, ten times for pressures and quarterback hits. I thought the defensive line altogether played well. Xavier Williams held up against double teams, ate those. Mike Daniels had another good game. Sam Hubbard was getting a little bit of pressure, and he was also great in the run game. He took out a long trap. The guard came, and uh, he met him where the hole was supposed to be and just took him out, blew that play up, uh, forced a tackle for a loss. Coverage across the board was good. I thought Phillips played very well other than that uh, go route he gave up for a touchdown, which, that happens. He didn't even get beat that bad or anything. It was just a very well-placed ball. And, I mean, Deontay Johnson's got that veteran, little bit of a push-off type thing, but, I mean, nobody's going to call it, so he created the separation for it. Um, But other than that, I thought coverage was great from everyone, especially Mackenzie Alexander too on Juju. He did a very good job. Nothing crazy schematically on defense or I mean other than the quarterback keepers on offense not on offense either really we did execute very very well especially on defense we got all those short fields and that's what led to us getting all these points
2: how you feeling about the Texans game
3: you know I'm a little bit nervous because to win this game we have to defeat Deshaun Watson and I know that the Texans are a great team right now but I think Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback in the league. They've got a few fun plays. I'm not sure if they're still running them now that Bill O'Brien's been fired. Where I didn't think he was a terrible offensive mind. He was a terrible GM, in my opinion. You can't trade away DeAndre Hopkins like that. But There's this one RPO they run that's really fun. It's A running back run is the first read. You read the defensive end. If he crashes down, you keep it. But instead of it just being a read option like that, there's a tight end in the flat, and then there's a wrinkle off that where there is – not only a tight end in the flat but there's either another tight end or a wide receiver that's basically runs a wheel route downfield so this turns into four reads on this one play and he runs it so well he beat the Patriots with that play like three times last year for touchdowns in that surprise victory so I think we have to look out for that the tight ends are not great but they are pretty athletic and they're decent receivers so that's always something to look for with how we're playing against them so far. We're one of the worst teams at defending tight ends. They've got some cool ideas like that. Uh, They started to throw some more screens and stuff, which is something they were last in the league to do when Bill O'Brien was there. we got to look out for screens, but I think we've done a pretty good job on screens this year. So really I'm worried about Deshaun Watson in general because I think he's a great quarterback. And then that... Three, four-layer RPO is something to definitely look out for. On defense, I don't really care how many sacks somebody like J.J. Watt has. Every game I've seen J.J. Watt, he still looks like a beast. I think he's healthy for this game, so it's definitely something to look out for. We don't have Jonah Williams. He mostly rushes off the right side in the interior, so if that's we're at least a little bit healthy there, but... We're still not good there, especially like Bobby Hart against J.J. Watt. If you just said that being the of the year, you're thinking that's a huge mismatch, and I still think it is a mismatch. Their defense isn't as imposing as it has been in the past, though. They've lost Clowney. I mean, they don't really have any good corners anymore. Justin Reed's a pretty good safety, but I don't think the defense is too frightening. I think that anytime you face somebody like Deshaun Watson, that's the frightening part of playing the Texans because – he could pull anything out to me. I don't know if there's truly a clutch gene or anything like that. I think you can crumble in big moments, but I think the guys that play really well in big moments really just play like themselves and they don't fall apart. But if there is one, I think it's Sean Watson. You remember that playoff game where he got hit by two guys by the Bills and he just stood up still, rolled out, and threw the game the game ceiling pass. I mean, that's the type of stuff you just see from him all the way back in college, back at Clemson. I don't know. That's a scary part of this team to play. At least they don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore to give that 10-yard comeback with a little bit of a push-off that'll make fans upset because it's there, but they're not going to call it.
2: So, Sands, what do you think the end result of the game is going to be? I'm not asking for a score, but what do you think is going to happen?
3: I'm trying not to ride high off of the Steelers' victory because I think that came... A lot at the expense of Ben Roethlisberger playing terrible. Um, I don't see Deshaun Watson playing terrible, even though their defense is much worse than the Steelers. I do think the Texans win it, which I guess could be a good thing if you really want Penny Sewell, which I do. I don't know which one I want more, to look like a competent team or to get Penny. I guess both. So I'm hoping for a close game. I want us to win, but I just see Deshaun Watson the Texans pulling out some last-second three-point
2: victory. Sans, how do people find you on social media?
3: You can find me at bangles underscore Sands on both Twitter and Instagram.
2: Excellent work as always. I'll talk to you soon, my friend.
3: Yeah, I'll talk to you later.
1: Handicapper's Corner. The unofficial Bengals podcast's current record is 18 wins, 22 losses,
2: 45%. Here are the three games that I'm picking this week. I'll take the Bills minus 7 at the Patriots, the Steelers and Colts over 44.5, and and the Raiders and Dolphins over 47.5. I wish you luck in whatever games you pick this week, with the exception of the Texans. That'll do it for this episode. Next episode is going to be entirely dedicated to reviewing the Bengals-Texans game. I'd like to thank @bengals_highlights on Instagram, the best page out there really cool highlights really cool music definitely something you should check out over five thousand followers the last post from the page got seventeen thousand views so it's definitely not a secret that this is a great page and i'd also like to thank the zedia network the network responsible for bringing you the unofficial bengals podcast you can find them at zedia network on instagram or twitter and zedia is just like the word media only with a z Thank you for listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The
1: Unofficial Bengals Podcast.